Okay, let's pray. And I want to continue today. I'm going to be talking about family. So the last two weeks I've been talking about family, or the last two or three, the last couple of times that I've spoken. And all I, 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 I don't say this as a, a point of boast or bragging, but I, th- I, I think that what I've spoken so far have been two of the better messages that I've spoken in all of my preaching days. Um, there's just some real revelation in there that was for me, yeah? And I, I, my prayer and hope is that not just our church, but all churches everywhere listen to that and understand that we operate as God's family. And it's not something we go to, but something that we belong to. Yeah, so we don't come to Mount Clear, we belong to Mount Clear and we belong to the greater family. So for those of you that haven't listened to those other, other two, let Laurie know down the back and we'll get you a copy of the message. We'll get you a CD, we'll do whatever we can do. For those that have got internet, you can download it and stream it. But it's just worth listening to, amen? So we, you know, if you, for those that recall, I don't know how good your memory is, but um, just before we pray... But a couple of weeks ago when I spoke on family, we looked at, you know, God's family is what we belong to. But then last week we unpacked a little bit that to be part of God's family, we're in covenant together. It's a covenant, you know. And Judas was a perfect example of someone that was wanting intimacy with the Lord and with the disciples but didn't want covenant. You know, you and I, when we plant ourselves in a house, you can desire intimacy, but you're not going to get it to its full extent unless you're in covenant with that place. You've got to allow your, your roots to go deep. You've got to plant yourself in that place. And so today I want to continue on that, on that similar theme of family. But I, I, I want to leave you with a, a bit of encouragement. See, we often think family and we think the families that we come from physically. And some of us have had the perfect families. Some of us have had okay families. Some of us have had terrible, trashy, I never want to speak about families, yeah? But in God's family, that's the picture of perfection is not the right word, but that's his ideal for us to live in his family. And in that place, there's strength. You've got to understand, it's not a place of weakness. You know, if you come to my place, spend some time with my boys, you realize that there could be a place of weakness, you know, because it just, they frustrate you so much. But God's family actually inspires and builds strength. So let's pray and then we'll have a look what he has to say. Amen. Sorry, amen. Yeah, amen. Thanks, Pastor. Come on. He's alive in you. The scripture doesn't say that he's dead inside you. He was dead for a really short moment. Yeah, walk past the cross. He's alive in you. Your sons and daughters are of the living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who stretched the skies. Yeah, That in itself is enough to say glory, amen. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do today. We thank you for the joy that you're about to put inside of people. We thank you, Father, for the truth that you're about to share. Lord, we pray in it all that, Father, as we take away your nuggets, your pearls, that we would walk from this place Lord, encouraged, but Father, equipped, Lord, in our journey as we become more and more like your son, Jesus, from glory to glory and strength to strength. So, Father, we just say, have your way in this place today. And in fact, Lord God, have your way in every church. Father, wherever wherever they're gathering, where they're preparing to gather, that, Father, you would speak 
so clearly and so well that the church of Jesus Christ would come alive. That, Father, those in our community, Lord, just won't know where the buildings are, but they'll know where God's people are, Lord, because of the difference that we make, Lord, to the very atmosphere that we find ourselves in. So, Lord, we give you permission to do what you will. Father, this morning, in this house, in our home, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, you ready? I've got, got one particularly really good quote that I'm going to share in a moment that when I shared it with my wife, she looked at, at me really funny this morning. But our heart as a family, as a church, really, is to live as family. You know, it's to be in unity. It's to live out the way Christ wants us to live out, God's family. Because what you and I need to be aware of is that in family there's strength. In unity there's strength, yeah? And so who's familiar with J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter? Who likes the character Dumbledore? Yeah, there's a couple of us. I'm with you, Chris. He's got a great quote for us this morning, Dumbledore. It's this. We are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided. Yeah? Look, who thought I could get wisdom out of Harry Potter? Yeah? We are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided. Winston Churchill goes as far as to say, where there is no enemy within, yeah? Where there is no enemy within, the enemies outside can't hurt you. Yeah? That's family. When you stand united, there is a strength in that unity. They're great quotes, and I love it because they just, they really emphasize there's a strength in us being together. And our theme for this year, from the very beginning, is and was together. Those quotes are missing one thing, though. See, we're family only because we have the same father. Yeah? We're family because we've got the same daddy, the same. Papa, Father, God. It's the only reason that we're family. We've been born into it and we know that we're adopted into it. Here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork, a tuning fork for those that aren't aware, (laughs) all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other. They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which one must individually bow. Lord, there's just some, there's a brilliant nugget in that. I'm going to read that again, yeah? Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos all tuned to the same fork are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. Then he goes on and he says, So 100 worshippers met together, each one looking away to Christ, they're looking to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be, where they would become to, uh, where they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. So we could try to be a family and we could try to build unity, and we could try that. But the only reason it works is because he's the fries that we keep our eyes on. Because he's the central point. 
So in his family, there's a real strength because he unites us in such a way, like his example of the pianos, we are all in tune. Not because we try to get in tune with each other, but because we're in tune with him. I mean, that's awesome, not just good. That's such a brilliant quote. No wonder why people still read his stuff today. What an awesome man of God. Now it starts to make sense when you have a look at the Psalms and you read Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So God's happy and God is pleased when there's unity. And he's so moved by that unity that he pours out his blessing on those that are united. And we are united not because you like coffee, though that would unite us. Not because you dislike tea and that would unite us. But because Jesus is the central focus point of our lives. And so we're united. And because we're united with him as a central point, the scripture says that he's then pleased with us and so he bestows and pours his blessing. The King James would say that he commands his blessing in that place. Well, that's not too bad. To know the creator of everything commands a blessing where there's unity. Wow. If the church could get this, stop the infighting, the differences in different theologies and work on the black and white. Jesus came and he died, he was crucified and he rose again. Could you imagine? There's strength in family. Matthew 18.20. I want to show you, I want you to walk out knowing that there's strength in family. You need to grab hold of this because it changes your life. Matthew 18.20 says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I'm going to put this really simply. Leif Hetland has a phrase that he uses that we all carry our special source, you know, and together we make the super source, you know. But what I want to say is that particular scripture, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them, this is the recipe for our success. This is the recipe to walk out our Christian life right here, yeah? See, you and I were never meant to walk alone. We weren't meant to be isolated. We weren't meant to have an individual faith. So I keep saying... And I keep praying and I keep discussing with people. But hey, so you don't go to church. You don't need to, oh, you don't have to go to church to be a family. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You don't need to, you don't need you, bam, bam, you know. Wrong. Sorry. You were adopted into his family. You belong there. That inner working, the way God's wired you, you need to be connected. You cannot walk alone because everything points us back to being with each other. So we already know that we're family because of what he's done for us, and especially while we stay focused on him. But now he's telling us where two or three family members are together, yeah? He's in the middle of them. He's with them. Now, let's see if I can explain it this way. You guys are okay with vulnerability, yeah? If I 
if I'll be a bit transparent and open. Somewhere down the track, I may expect it from you. <laughs> when I was at the conference on the weekend, last weekend, God showed me very clearly, like exceptionally clearly, and I'm, I'm, I'm just pacing how I share it because I, I really don't want to be emotional, but um, he showed me very clearly not how much he loves me. I know that. Yeah, I, I know that. I know I'm a child of God. I know that I'm seated in heavenly places. Yeah? I know that I was a sinner that has been saved by grace. And now because of that, I'm seated in heavenly places. On earth as it is in heaven. Yeah? I'm an ambassador for Christ. So what I bring as an ambassador for Christ is the very authority that is in heaven. I'm his ambassador. The laws of the land don't touch me because I live with him as an ambassador. I have diplomatic immunity. You get it? Yeah? I know that. But what God showed me at the conference was I didn't see myself in the same way that he did. And he went as far as to... He actually gave me pictures of different situations and different circumstances where at different times and some recent times where I actually felt completely inadequate, like just inadequate. And God just spoke so gently and he goes, you don't see yourself and believe in yourself the way that I do. That for me is a life-changing moment that... I think over the next, I would say a few months, but a few years, God will start to unpack some stuff to discover why I have those feelings of being inadequate at different, different moments of my life. Yeah. So he shows me all of that so that he can show me the love that he has for me and so that he can change my belief system. Now, what I realised as he was showing me these pictures, and I'm, I'm starting, just so you know, if you ever have moments like that with the Lord, write stuff down, you know. So I'm trying to write down the, the moments that he, the, the, like flashbacks that he gave me, you know, so that I can unpack those. Because when I can properly unpack them and say, well, why did I feel like that there? I can then ask him the question, well, how do you feel about me in that place, Yeah. But what I realised was I didn't share those moments with anyone. I actually tried to travel them and travel through them and work through them together. And the reality is, for most of us, or at least for me, the reason I tried to do it alone is for fear of what people would think. How would they react? And so I created within myself these unmet expectations that I had to meet that were completely incorrect because Father didn't have those expectations on me. I'd suggest that most of us, a lot of us, have moments like that, yeah? And then I, f I come across this scripture in Matthew and I feel like I feel like Papa says, here's the recipe for success. 
See, when we're going through those times, when we're having those moments, when we're really struggling, when we feel like God's distant and we don't hear him as clearly or as quickly as we would like, who knows that when you pray to God, you want an answer right there and then. You know, if you don't get an answer in 10 seconds, I want a refund. Like McDonald's drive through Come on. You know, I told you at the speaker, how can you not have the food ready? And then he says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Where two or three are gathered, I'm there. Where two or three are gathered, I'm with you. And he starts speaking to me and, and, and he says, you want to work through that stuff, Andrew? Then you need family. You need family. You need to be open, honest, completely vulnerable. You need family. You need to be able to share with family. Because where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. And we know that sometimes our answers come in the counsel of many. So he starts teaching me through that scripture that I'm supposed to share this stuff with somebody. So this morning I vomited some of it on you. Thank you. If God gives you a word later, come and share it. As long as it's encouraging, uplifting and strengthening. <laughs> There's strength in family. And you know what I love about family? When you look around, you look around this room, any room, you know, you know what I love about family is that we're all so different. <laughs> Yet we're together. We're all, it's just, just various faces and sizes and shapes. <laughs> Yet we're in unity because of him. We're family. Well, let's, let's be real. In real life, if you didn't drink coffee, <laughs> You'd have to pay me to be your friend. <laughs> Some of you, when it comes to AFL, don't know what it is. Others barrack for the wrong team. You know? Some of us are right. Outside of Christ as our central point, yeah? We wouldn't be family together. point is we're different and we are individuals and we're all different pieces of the jigsaw yet in his family we seem to click and connect together and there's a strength in that that we can never ever experience alone so you and I may face some really terrible struggles you know life has a tendency to throw lemons the size of watermelons, you know what I mean? And alone we're going to struggle to get through and get by, but together, together, there's something in being together, there's something in being family. Ecclesiastes 4, it's a well-known passage of scripture from verse 8. There was a man all alone, he had neither son nor brother, there was no end to his toll, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I uh, toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. 
We know because some of the things that we looked at last week with Brene Brown, with her research, we know that inside every human being, in their core, there's a need to belong. There's a need to be connected. No wonder this person's not happy and content. They could have all the wealth in all the, in all the world, but while they're alone, they are alone, yeah? That's a picture of the person who lives outside a family, yeah? No matter what they do or what they have, they're never satisfied, never content. See, we're just not meant to walk alone. You and I aren't meant to walk alone. We're meant to do life together. You're meant to come to my place. We're meant to do coffee and dinner. I'm meant to come to your house. You're meant to share your lives together. That's what family's about. See, this is God's family, his church. God's family was never intended for people to walk in the door, say day in passing, walk out the door, and I'll see you next week. That's not... Maybe, I, maybe the leadership of this church has some pipe dream, but that's not how church works. It doesn't work that way. See, this is Father's family. In his family, there's unity. And because of the unity in the family, he's pleased. Because he's pleased, he bestows and pours out his blessing. It's a place of strength. And then verse 9 of that scripture says that they work better together. A good return for our labor, the scripture says. Now, I know that we often look at stuff like that and we, we have a look at the physical implications of it, but, I, but I, I keep saying over and over that really the physical is a poor representation of the spiritual and what we live out on earth is often just tr tr us trying to fulfill or to live in what God has destined for us. So when I look at that scripture, I look at it from a, a spiritual place. One person's walk and prayer life is mighty. But two together, the labour now, good return for our labour, the scripture says. I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective. I'm not thinking about a shovel. I'm thinking about prayer. I'm thinking about presence. I'm thinking about time with the Lord. That's why it says in Leviticus 26 verse 8, five of you will chase a hundred and a hundred of you will chase 10,000 and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. It's trying to give you a picture of unity. Deuteronomy 32.30, how can one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight? Because there's strength in family. You've got to get it. You've got to get it. There's strength in family. So if you're, wherever you are in your walk, if you feel like you're not getting a breakthrough, if you're really peeved and not hearing from God at the moment, you're not seeing the answers. Life is just tough and you feel like you're always kicking against the goads, yeah? Like you're pushing a wheelbarrow uphill. Stop doing it alone. Stop it. Get with people. Get with family. Pray together. Get your breakthrough together. Because the very thing that you're struggling to, to get through, to topple over, the minute you add someone in family, the minute you open yourself up to something like that, all of a sudden it's achievable. Even Jesus needed help carrying the cross, didn't he? And when we do stuff like that, the spiritual stuff together, it's, it's, it's the prayer of agreement. It happens in unity. It happens in family. 
That's why in Matthew 18, verse 19, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. You notice here it doesn't say when you get together alone, by yourself, in isolation, away from family, because you're a loner. Unless God has specifically called you to that life, stop living a lie and start living in the truth. Family. Why does that work? It's really easy because we read it earlier. It's the recipe of success. Where two or three are gathered, there he is. Yes, he lives inside of us, but he also comes upon us so that we can bless others around us. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. Come on, get the revelation. Being family is not a weakness, it's a strength. God's plan for us is to be dependent on him and on each other. I don't feel bad if I have to ring someone up and say, hey, I need help towing something. I don't have a trailer. I'm going to trust my family. But by the same token and in the same breath, I need to get to a place where I ring Gaz and I say, hey, Gary, you know what? I've got this struggle at the moment. I'm not having victory here. I need to be a little bit open, yeah? Can you pray with me, brother? All of a sudden, there's a connection, there's a unity. Where there's a unity, God's pleased. And so he bestows and pours out his blessing. But what do most of us do for fear of shame? We hide and keep our struggles to ourselves. And we wonder why we're not having victory. You know, we, we wonder why we, we feel like we're not skipping, but that we're crawling on, you know, on our bare knuckles and knees on dirt gravel. You know, it's not meant to be like that. The world's plan is for us to be independent. That's not God's plan. See, where would you rather live? I, I know my choice. And we keep saying in this church, you know, one of our catchphrases, choice is not chances determine our destiny. There's strength in family. And for some of you that are thinking, well, you know, you've, you've used a lot of Old Testament scripture as well. Well, let's keep looking at some more New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I love this because this freaks me out. There's a particular part in this that really freaks me out. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort. You've got to try to read this five times really fast. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Now, let's just capture that and say there's strength in family. So this is a really powerful passage because it just shows how God's family works, yeah? When we go through stuff, he comforts us. Is that okay with everyone? When we go through, he comforts us. Now, as he does that, he does that so as others are going through their stuff, we can take the comfort he's given us and we can now comfort them. Is that okay? Yeah? Good, because that's what the scripture says. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but if you isolate yourself, if you walk alone, 
if you choose to individualise your faith, you will never receive comfort from others. You getting it? Why? Why is life so tough? Why do I have no friends? Why doesn't anyone ring me up? Woe is me. Well, what are you doing by yourself? Are you going through something? No. Are you going through something? Yes, really? Wow, you're not going to believe it. This is what happened to me and this is what God gave me and so now I'm going to give it to you. Do you see how it works? So when you're trying to do life alone, you're never going to receive the comfort that others have received from God specifically for you and so there you are comfortless because you're by yourself. And now here's the cracker. You know when you're going through stuff and you, 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 just, you, you don't want any more? It's like, God, I've had enough. Yeah? Oh, I can't take it. Take it from me. You've got to hang in there. You have to hang in there. Because when you're going through your stuff, your suffering, it means that God's about to give you comfort. And that comfort isn't just for you, it's for someone else. So the reason that you're going through stuff is because God knows that somebody else needs to be comforted down the track. Oh, give him a clap because that's awesome. That really is. None of us like suffering. But the scripture's really clear, which is really sad. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so you also share in our comfort. Oh, the whole bit, like, it's just there. It's family working at its best. If you keep your struggles to yourself, you're never letting anyone into your world. You'll never be in full unity. You'll never understand the blessing that God bestows upon unity. Yeah? Doesn't mean that you're not saved. Doesn't mean that you're not experiencing other wonderful blessings from Father God. But that blessing he holds for those that are in unity. And you won't experience that. You won't know that when you're doing life by yourself. You'll never know the love and comfort that others have for you because they can't share what Father God's given them for you because they don't even know you need it. And in fact, oh, this is going to go online, isn't it? Oh, well. Those that, that live outside of family, that's selfish. It is so selfish. It robs me of the ability to be able to comfort them, to be a blessing to them because of what God's given me for them. It's a selfish faith. Doesn't happen like that in family. We should be opening up to one another. Yeah? That means more than just a Sunday. It means coffee shops, restaurants, homes. It's family. And as we get bigger, our family grows. Yeah? That's why we always push friendship groups. So we want people to be in family, be united, have that connection with others, have that place where they feel safe to be vulnerable, where then they come together. And God says, wow, look at that. I'm well pleased. You know, there's a, a handful of pastors and we were chatting recently and we were just saying that as pastors, we want to show a united front for the churches of Ballarat because though we're friends, it's been almost disconnected. And so we actually, there's been some talk 
about going around to the churches, those, of the, those pastors that are willing, just to say before a service, hey, we just want you to know as a church that we're standing in unity together, that we have each other's backs. Yeah? Do you know what will happen? I'll tell you what will happen. God will look at that. He'll say, wow, I'm really pleased with that. And then he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to pour out and bestow and command my blessing on the churches of Ballarat. You know, Zechariah Zachariah was mute and he's about to have a son. And they go, what are you going to name him? And he frantically writes, you know, frantically writes, John. They go, you can't name him John. No one in your family's named John. No one. You can't do it. There's no precedence. But what does he do? What does this man of God do? He goes, he basically says, I don't care about the precedence. I don't care what's supposed to be or what has been, but I, I'm speaking life into this situation. His name's John. So we as a church are saying, we don't care about the disunity of Ballarat. We don't care about what's gone before over its hundreds and hundreds of years, but we're going to speak a new word and we're prophetically going to speak unity into this place. Amen? Because we're family. There's strength, 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 strength in family. Man, Ecclesiastes... Too much. If either of them falls down, one can help them up. That just speaks for itself, doesn't it? We went for a walk with our boys yesterday and some friends of theirs, twins, and we went out to the inside all of the trees there. I don't know. The, I'm going to call it the bush. But there was lots of clay everywhere. Clay everywhere. So no kidding. Nathan slipped. Samuel slipped. Like I'm talking slipping everywhere. The dogs slipped. Some of the slopes we were on was like, were like that. I went to grab a branch to hold myself out, up. Next time, don't grab blackberry bush, yeah? <laughs> don't grab black... It really hurts. Like, it just does. It so hurts. We were slipping everywhere, but because there was like one, two, three, four, five, six of us, whenever one of them fell, we picked them up. We picked them up. You do life alone. You fall. You're there. You're on your own, yeah? That's not how family works. It does require vulnerability. But it means that when we're falling, yeah, we can shout out. Yeah? Hey Mick, I need a hand. Can you give me a hand? Can you walk with me, talk with me? Can you just do life with me? Can you pray with me? We shout out. We call out for help because the others are there. We don't have to struggle through life and faith alone. There's strength in family. <laughs> I, I want to finish with this because I'm just mindful of time. So let's skip some stuff. 1 Peter 2.10 says this. See, we're destined to be family. It says, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. That word people is crowd. But the same word also means God's people. So we were once a people with no identity, just a crowd. But now because of his son, because he's the central point that unites us together, we are his people. We are his children. We are part of his family. Now watch this. I said earlier that we're, that we're all individuals. Yeah, We're all a little bit different. Some are crazy. Some are not so crazy. Some are creative. Some are not so creative. You know, Some can cook. Some can't cook. Some love coffee. Some are confused. Um, but have you ever driven through the country and, you, and you've seen fences? You just, I, I just look at things. You know those rock fences? You know? You ever looked at them and thought, 
how much time did it take to build that rock fence? Like seriously, how much time? Because it's not like bricks. Seriously, anyone can lay bricks. And if you actually have a string line, you'll keep a level and you'll do it pretty well, yeah? But those, those stones, those rocks are different shapes, are different sizes. Some are round, some are jagged, some are flat, some are fat, some are skinny, you know, some are broken in half. Yet someone has taken the time to put them all together in such a way that they actually fit and they make a fence. Someone's had enormous amount of skill. Now, generally speaking, those, those stones, I'm going to say rocks, those rocks are, are, are pretty strong, you know. You can throw them and sometimes they might break, but often they'll just spark or they'll just bounce off the road. They're pretty, pretty strong. But when you've got a fence like that, seriously, I don't want to hit a fence like that in my car. I, I, I just don't. I don't think my car had come off very well. I think it had come off second best, you know. I think it would do a lot of damage. 1 Peter 2.5, it's just finished saying in verse 4 that Christ is the living stone. And then in verse 5 it says, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And I don't want to break down all of that, but I just want you to capture the picture of the living stone. See, like that fence, we're all different. And some are short, some are tall. We're just different shapes and sizes. Some of us worship with our hands raised. Some of us yell. Some of us sing off key. Some of us dance. Yeah. Some of us lay prostrate. Some of us close our eyes just in, in, in reverence to the Lord. We are all different. But we are living stones in him. Yeah. And then he, with his skill, then takes his time and he places us into his family. One stone at a time, perfectly putting the next one on top of the next one. Not some easy... Unity is not uniformity. It's not bricklaying, but he takes these living stones of all shapes and sizes and he puts us together. That's the fence I want to be a part of, you know? And I love it because Matthew says the gates of hell won't prevail against what? The church of the living God. We are adopted and born into his church, his family. There's strength in family. Today, I want us all to stand as we finish. I just want you to see that there's strength in family. That though... Doing some of life and your faith alone might save some heartache and shame. It's not a place of breakthrough. So the place of real breakthrough comes when you journey with one another. The place of real relationship comes when you're in unity with each other, when you're prepared to actually stand by one another, pray for each other, share your heart with each other. Yeah, That's what we were created for. It's not something that we come to. It's something that we belong to. And when we're truly in covenant together, we share in the blessings that each other actually receive from the Lord, just like the comfort, because we're in covenant together. Yeah? There's strength in family. Why don't we close our eyes? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the safety that there is in family. We thank you, Lord, that 
in family, we find a place of belonging. And Father, once we know we belong, we can believe. And once we believe, we thank you, Lord, that our behaviour changes. <laughs> Not the other way around. You're such a loving Father. And God, I thank you that you truly want us to come together and you're pleased when we do. Father, where two or three come together. Lord, the, the recipe of success, that we may journey with one another that you may be so pleased that you would pour out your blessing upon that unity. Because together we're stronger and together we're family. Together we are the church of the living God. So Father, I pray that you would take these words and place them deep, deep, deep within our hearts, that they just won't be thoughts in our minds, but a reality that we live by, that we would start to see and understand the love that you have for us and how you see us, that from that place we would be able to share that same love and comfort with those around us. I thank you, Father, that um, you just pour your love upon us always. And we thank you, Lord, that we within this place uh, are thankful that we're part of our house, our home. And Lord, I pray for those that aren't here today, God, that they would receive, Lord, the very same word, the very same blessing, the very same unction from your Holy Spirit, regardless of where they find themselves that we would as a church family go from strength to strength and glory to glory as we embrace each other. Lord, living stones, different sizes, different shapes, but Father, knit together in your fence, in your church. And all these people said, Amen. Amen. So enjoy family. Enjoy a cup of tea for those that like tea. And for the others, have a coffee. Don't forget the men's breakfast. Looking forward to seeing dads and men there in Jesus' name. Amen.